What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a long-awaited Coast to Coast podcast. Griffin is back today. We're going to talk back. Some NBA draft, you know, our signature, talk about our big boards. But first and foremost, we got to dive into these playoffs right now. Uh, you know, as round one, you know, series are tied. Teams are about to win, so on and so forth. But first and foremost, Griff, how are we doing? I know you went to game three. How was it? It was game two, game two. I, I uh, It was good, though. It was good. My first ever playoff game I've ever been to. The, the energy was there. It was fun. We had some diehard Westbrook fans sitting close to us who got kicked out. It was it was hilarious, but uh it it was great. It was great. But we were the top row, so then don't ever call me a fake fan. I was there. Yeah. So it was fun though. At the time of the recording right now, I'm currently waiting to snipe some tickets to go to the game in two hours. So uh we'll see mm. on because they're like fifty bucks right now, but I want to see if I can get cheaper or even a little bit more expensive down low. So we'll see. Like, yeah, we're recording. We're recording on Monday the twenty fourth. By the way, yes, this podcast should be out by Tuesday uh, on Tuesday the twenty fifth. But uh, let's just dive straight into it. I mean, we got one series over with. I mean, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. no surprise, gets swept by Philly. I mean, any thoughts there? I think that's pretty much what we expected. A team, yeah, picking a playoff spot because of previous players. Yeah, like really, I think the like meteoric rise of Mikel Bridges kind of maybe clouded that this team had a losing record post trade deadline, um, and I wasn't really expecting a whole lot uh, from them in the playoffs. Maybe like like best world possible for the Nets, they win like two games in the first round, but like I expect them to lose in the first round, so nothing really that surprising there. Uh, what have you thought about the Sixers so far? Like. To me, this series hasn't dissuaded me from them at all, but it also hasn't like made me like, oh, they're like they're they're a real like they could make I, I still think they can make the finals, but I wouldn't say they're like after this series they're like a favorite or anything. Um what do you think? I mean, yeah, I mean they haven't been extremely impressive. I mean, obviously like Joel and mm-hmm. did in that game four through the injury, but you know, we saw Paul Reed step up and play decently, but I mean, James Harden's been kind of like the center of attention for a lot of, you know, hate recently. You know, mm-hmm. I forgot. I think it was maybe Colin Coward was calling him like a glorified role player that just gets paid like a $30 million contract. Yeah. Isn't Tobias Harris that at the end of the day? So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't think this team has shown enough because they probably didn't take this series as serious as they needed to because yeah, anyone could have... Any of the playoff teams right now, maybe besides like Atlanta, like probably could have swept this team. So like, yeah, at the end of the day, like that's what it is. Um, yeah. I just need to see, I need to see a dominant MB game. I don't yeah. There, I, I no. like a 30 point games, which mm-hmm. sure it's good. But like, I mean, he only averaged 20, 20 and 11 in the playoffs with Tyreek Maxey leading the team in scoring. But I mean, yeah, no, no, I mean, I'm a liar. Yeah, just Harden, like, he's, like, we've seen over the past couple years, he has not been, like, that great of a playoff player. Um, So he kind of worries me a little bit going forward. But, again, nothing that would, like, nothing stood out to me in this series. It was kind of a nothing series because they were playing, like, a lame duck Nets team. I mean, yeah, Harden did shoot 34 from the field, so that's pretty bad. And yeah, got 46. And, I mean, you got to expect more of a guy who is winning MVP this year. There's, like, no doubt about that. Like, mm-hmm. a trophy, like, 
whether he's still in the playoffs or out of the playoffs, it's yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty clear at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's too much to say about them. So, uh, I guess we yeah. move on. Uh, what's your want to mention next? Let's double your sons. Uh, cause I think we got to give someone their roses. I mean, their team going to lose, but I think Russell Westbrook deserves. It. Oh, absolutely. I think when, after the Lakers thing happened, I thought he was probably like, maybe would die on the vine with this team. Like he would, uh, Ty Lue probably wouldn't just like play him at all in the playoffs. Just like eventually they would figure out that like Westbrook is not the same guy he was, but really like he is reju like genuinely rejuvenated his career on the Clippers. Like he's playing the best basketball he's played in years. Defensively, he's playing incredibly. Um, also he improved his three point shot a lot. Uh, just really, really doing a great job. And the Clippers are doing a great job considering all the injury circumstances that they have gone through. And if this, this was a, uh, if, if the Clippers were healthy, which is kind of a big if with them because they're always banged up. But if they were, um, I don't see this series going as well as it is going for the Suns right now, but I kind of do just, I am a Suns fan. Um, and I have not loved what I've seen at all. I think the injury to KD, the second injury that he had this season uh, after he got traded to the Suns and he only played three games and then he got injured pregame after slipping on some water uh, really was a bigger thing than people made it uh, because they have no... Uh, KD's really been deferring a lot when it comes to the offense. Like He's really been deferring to Book and he's passing way more than I think I'd like him to. Um it just doesn't seem like it. It still feels like a new guy feel to the team right now, uh, and it still definitely feels like Book's team. Aiton has not impressed me really all that much. Chris Paul has played well, um, but the bench has also really, really let me down. And so is Monty's rotations. Landry Shamit cannot play in a playoff series. Bismack Biombo cannot play in a playoff series. It's been it's been rough. Bismack has done decent on the on the defensive end, but he is a net negative on the offensive end. But Overall, I feel like as they play more games together, things will hopefully start to line up better for the Suns. But right now, I'm not that optimistic about them going forward. Now, I'm I'm trying to recall which game it was. I think was it game one was that DeAndre Ayton disaster class? Yeah, like, probably. He was running like ISO balls and like taking like mid range jumpers. Like, well, he, the, the mid range jumper at the top of the key is his bread and butter. Um, but also, like, not it, it was not falling, it was not falling that game. And I, they're, they're the one he's they're kind of daring to shoot with that. I think they'll like allow them, like, if DeAndre Ayton goes off with the mid range, uh, top of the key jumper, I think Tyloo will live with that. So they're mm -hmm. kind of giving it to him all day. Um, but yeah, he just like, Oh my God! I need to see. I need to pull this quote up. He had a quote today at oh, Media Dale. Oh my God! It's so bad. I need to read this. Uh, read this for everybody. It's so bad. Um, God, where is it? I found it. All right. Uh, DeAndre Aiden on people questioning his motor because I have done this since he got drafted. I don't see intensity when he's on the floor, except for really when he plays the Nuggets. Like he really balls out when he plays the Nuggets, but besides that, he's not really like. An intense guy, but this is what he said, man. I don't know what that is. Motor, come on. I play both ends of the floor. My name is Dominaton. I anchor the Phoenix Suns on both ends of the floor. Motor man, really? Nope. I run on a Tesla battery, bro. Side eye. That's crazy. That is about crazy. 
That was fake what he said there. Like, yeah, no, that's a real quote from DeAndre Aiden. That's crazy. Like, that's something like you'd see like Kevin Durant like Twitter like 2014. Like, that's the kind of like yeah, like, yeah. No, so like Jennifer Lawrence's bathwater there. Like, that's like that's the kind of level of stuff I've seen. Yeah, but like overall with the Suns, like this hasn't dissuaded my title hopes that much because I don't think there's a truly great team in the league right now. I think every team has flaws that can be exploited, and the Suns definitely have that, but I think when you have guys like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on the floor at the same time, you have a shot at winning every single game. So, like, not the worst it could be right now, but also I haven't been that impressed. Yeah, and um, what what about your Warriors? How you feeling? I mean, we might have just caught a break. I mean, um, yeah, poor Darren Fox. I would go by the time we're recording. Uh, Darren Fox, it came out that he fractured the tip of like his left index finger. I think I believe that's what it was. Yeah, his status is questionable. He's not ruled out entirely for Game Five, but that's a must-win game. I mean, if you're up three-two and then you get a two, if the Warriors win that game, they get a chance mm-hmm. at home to close out or another chance. And if for the Kings, you know, they, if they win that game, they get a chance to win on the road or close out at home. Which even yeah, better. Kings definitely need that game because. The Warriors not a good road team this year, and like that would have been extremely helpful. This is just such a huge blow to them. And I, again, Sacramento Kings fans, I feel really bad for you. Like this is this was a great shot up two zero, and now it's two two with De'Aaron Fox injured. It's not looking good. No, I mean Steph has proven time and time again that he's you know time does not wear anything on him. You know people are saying Fox is outplaying him. Blah blah blah. If you look at the averages, I mean it's pretty much identical, you know, and Curry's shooting better from the field. But mm-hmm. not to dismiss Fox. I mean, if they win this series, like, he is well on his way to be, being, like, you know, a top 10 player, not a point guard. He's already way above that yeah. player in this league. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been in these playoffs. Uh, I feel like, you know, I love the move of putting Draymond off the bench. I thought it was really beneficial, you know, to let, you know, Looney be that main guy out there and allow Poole to be out there to allow that spacing. I think that was good, especially to contrast the fact that, you know, you got big wings for uh, the Kings with Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and um, Domon Sabonis down low. So, I thought, yeah. I mean, I thought Barnes hit the shot to win the game. I was really worried about that. Mm-hmm. Twitter was about to go in a frenzy. Uh, I was tweeting about that. If that, that happened, the revenge arc would have been insane. That's cra- That would have been crazy, but I think Draymond said something on his podcast, like, or it was like someone made a fake tweet, like, oh, like that's like, that's why he left anyway, you know, like, mm-hmm. because he couldn't make big shots. Uh, but man needs to stop with his podcast. Let us do that. <laughs> Joe need to be podcast. Draymond, wait for the offseason, bro. Four, four minutes after a game. Yeah. No, uh, I, I'd say I'm confident. I think we had the momentum right. Obviously, we went to. Yeah. You know, we're not a good road team. I mean, if we get if we lose by twenty points next game, I'm not going to be entirely surprised. But mm-hmm. you guys just need one road game, to be honest. Like Every, that's all you need. Because we have team and mm-hmm. they're good home team. So I mean, and we're terrible. In yeah, the road. but like really, I think you guys have done a, like a really good job these past two games, and I really think you guys have done an excellent job on Sabonis. I feel like you guys are just in his head right now, and he has not been the offensive guy that you need. Like he's been good on like getting rebounds and shit like that. And then. Shout out Moses Moody. I mean, you know, a guy that's seen as the second guy from that draft class with uh, mm-hmm. Minga's been basically irrelevant in these playoffs. The gum bucket. 
tremendously. I mean, Moody is shooting amazing from the field uh, and from deep. Uh, so just shout out him. Um, so let's look into some other series. The Cavs and the Knicks. Uh, I think last time I did we did the pod with Chol and Jose. I said I said the Knicks were win. I think I was the only one uh, that said that, and it looks like it's going that way. I mean, you know, Randall hasn't been great in the playoffs, but that's kind of his mo. You know, it's been you know mainly Brunson, RJ Barrett stepped up. Let's not. I'm not giving him any flowers yet. RJ Barrett's extremely overrated in my opinion. Uh, he's just never developed the guy he's expected to be. And he won't if he's the third option uh, on this team, especially in New York. I think there's too much pressure for him. That's kind of the reason why his career is where it is. But I feel with, 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 yeah, with RJ Barrett, I feel like the last game that he played, he's kind of been playing super well. And I think the Knicks crowd was kind of behind him, like a really good, this was on the Bill Simmons podcast. They, they mentioned this today, but really good Knicks crowd performance, like hyping RJ Barrett up, like making sure like, like after he made a shot, they'd let him know. Like we we like appreciate you, but like really, yeah. Julius Randle, not not a good playoff player like so far that we've seen in his career. But doesn't really matter when you got Jalen Brunson on your team, just balling the fuck out. Like he's been incredible. Um, no. And really, like yeah, Josh Hart. Like what dude is definition of a winning player? Like incredible, but like really incredible by you to have that next pick. I would have picked. I I did like do like died that deep before the playoffs like into predictions and stuff but like cursor area i was like oh i'm sure like the Cavs should win this they have like four players on their team who could and have like who had the potential to be all-stars and have been all-stars on their roster and like they're honestly kind of like like giving me phoenix suns vibes right now which is where they have four guys and no one else like and right now like and the suns have devin booker and kevin durant which are both better players than anybody on the Cavs right now and like you can't have a Donovan Mitchell performance like you had last game it's just you can't do that mm-hmm. so I don't know Cleveland to me something's not working right now um and I think it might be coaching also the bench a lot of guys aren't giving you anything so mm-hmm. uh but props to the Knicks the Knicks look really good right now and it's it the league is better when the Knicks are good so yeah, I think it's the floor. I think this is the ceiling for them, though. I think they win this round, and then they can give a team six games, maybe. I don't think... I mean, well, if Giannis is hurt long-term, they could go to the conference finals. I would take the Heat over them if they matched up. Really? I think the Heat give everyone that they face. I mean, yeah, well, the Heat are, like, the most annoying team ever. I did see the Knicks beat the Heat live here in Miami, but mm-hmm. that took a 40 That was a buzzer, butter beat, yeah. 47-point game for Randall. I mean, just to emphasize, uh, Randall's been shooting 32 from the field, 25.8 from three, and Barrett's been shooting 41.8 from the field and 20% from three. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes to efficiency, their best guy is hard. So, it's kind of, you know, on a night-to-night basis with them right now in these playoffs. Yeah. It could be, like, good for them. But, um, and then, yeah, I mean, We've seen, I think it's two disaster classes from Darius Garland this series. I believe game one, game three. So, um, not what we like to see. This team is just like they're ahead of themselves right now. I think everyone knows that, like everyone I've ever talked to about the Cavs, they need to get that three in place. You know, Isaac Okoro. We thought, you no, know, he was potentially would be the answer. You know, highly drafted, I think like top seven, yeah, top seven pick from mm-hmm. Lombard. You know, has he become the guy that he was expected to be? They need to get, you know, a three, a solid wing. It can't be Levert. Levert's the guy that needs to be your bench, 
like plug and play score. I think, you know, that Brooklyn would never trade him now, but like it would have been sick if they got a guy like Mikel Bridges, just even for the defensive aspect and, you know, his ability to make shots. But mm-hmm. I they would be a good like Ananobi team. Like realistic options would be like, you know, guys like in the, uh, you know, the Josh Hart realm. Uh, so like whoever you want to. Yeah. Uh, like, like good wing players who are on like bad teams. So the teams will sell like draft picks for. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. I mean, that's what it, you got to look for. I mean, even like maybe like a Devin Vassell from like the Spurs. I think yeah. Too much. Uh, the, I don't know if they'd be able to get him, but like, you know, even if it's like a Jay Sean Tate or, um, kind of fumbling to find some names right now but like, yeah but not like they, not. they need something they need they need a like a cement another starter mm-hmm. yeah no, doesn't need to be a shot creator you got you got two of those in the team um mobley mm-hmm. still hasn't developed entirely offensively he's a beast defensively but he's still got ways to go yeah um then let's t- i don't think we really need to talk about the celtics and the hawks i mean yeah series is gonna be celtics are gonna win that next yeah. game Nuggets, Timberwolves, not much to say there. Horrendous. Nuggets should a Nugget. If you're an elite team who's going to win the NBA championship, you should sweep that team. And you, sh- you should have closed out last night. Yeah, you should have closed out last night. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. They they felt everybody but Yo- Jokic was lax- lackadaisical last night. It was not good. Um, so that gives me some hope for next round. Um, knock on wood for the Suns. The Grizzlies in the Lakers series so far. I mean, if you're I. <laughs> Didn't Colin Coward say this? If your like number one weapon is to throw Dylan Brooks at someone, just try to get out of their skin, like you're kind of fucked. Like it's not good. <laughs> like, bro, he's your secret weapon, Dylan Brooks dog. Like, I don't know. Um, shout out to the Lakers, man. Um, I-, I love, you know, I love my glorious king, you know, being up in a series right now. But uh D'Angelo Russell has not been good. Shout out Austin Reeves, though. He has been good. Um Rui Hachimura. Shout out Rui Hachimura for sure. Series. Yeah, so uh, I I'm thinking the Lakers probably, if I had to guess right now, Lakers probably close out this series. Um, I have not really been that impressed with Memphis, and Memphis feels like, again, like maybe a little ahead of schedule. Little they need another star on their team to truly be a contender. So, yeah. I mean, Bain's good, but he's a three realist. Yeah, yeah. You need you need a uh, he needs to be two A. You need a real two B. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jackson can really be that. Like no, like real, really good on the defensive end for sure. But like, I don't know if he's giving you that offense consistently. And you're and you're right. I mean, Dylan Brooks is just a shot chucker. He's averaging thirty two point five percent from the field and twenty five from three. I mean, like, like I'm sure the Lakers would have liked him to stay in that game where he got ejected because he was just such a net negative. Like I don't know, he's just not good. He's just uh, really bad. He, drop- like, the only thing he would be good against is, like, a younger star who you could get under his skin, but not someone like LeBron, bro, who's been in the league for, like, 20 years. Like, I, I just don't see it. I'm surprised Tyus Jones has been so bad. He's shooting 8% from three in the series. Damn, 8%? Yes. That's, yeah, he needs like, to be better. Who knows? I mean, I just yeah. nothing but, like... Well, I fixed my jumper. Man, well, well hey, well, time will tell. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, Xavier Tillman, though. I mean, uh, and is there anything else you want to mention with the Bucks before we? Um, yeah. It, even if I don't know, I think this series tonight determines. With, a lot. Yeah, tonight will definitely determine a lot. If if the Heat can win tonight, I think the Heat got this. Um, but I don't know if Giannis could come back. 
it's just that like when he tried to play after he got injured and like he couldn't really do anything that was really really shocking to me and Giannis being out two games in a row in the playoffs shows me that something's really like actually wrong mm-hmm. um so I don't know like I just think without Giannis this series is a lot closer and I think the Heat maybe have two of the best three players in this series now with Jimmy Butler and Bam and maybe yeah so and Holiday's the only one on the other team that I because th- I think Chris Middleton isn't like the same guy so yeah so I don't know I think the Heat probably if Giannis does not come back he he you change the expectations for the Heat season for sure they can maybe make the conference finals they're up two one. Who knows? I might be there in an hour and a half, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll be interesting to see. But let's dive in to the main part of this video. Uh, Griffin and I are going to be going over our top ten NBA big boards. We're going to start from the bottom up. Actually, no, no, top bottom. Because do you want to give an overview of uh, of both of ours and then go more in depth, or do you just want to go one one one? Because I don't okay. know. Who, so uh, me either. There's no, I, I'm pretty sure there's no debate here who we both have at one. It's Victor Webb and Yaba. Um, mm-hmm. Talk your stuff. I mean, we've already talked about him before on one of our podcasts. We'll link that in the description, but go ahead. Yeah, definitely. If you want to get more in depth on uh, the top three in the class, which I think we both agree on, uh, Victor, Scoot, and Brandon, the uh, the Thompson twins and uh, Cam Whitmore. Go see our individual videos about that if you want a little more in depth. But this is our top ten big board right now. But Victor Webinyama, far and away one of the, the the best prospect that I've seen when I've been like actually in the NBA by far. Like Rudy Gobert with an offensive bag, like a better ball ball, a better Porzingis. Like dude is just a dog. Um, far and away, far and away, my number one player in this draft. Uh, shot blocking, defensive, like his defensive intangibles, his feel for the game, interior scoring, his potential to get a more consistent shot from outside. Just like not really. And my only weakness for him is really just if he's derailed by injuries, just because of how insane his build is. Like you've never seen that in the league before. Like have long term sustained success like that. So. Really, he's number one for me with a bullet. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that could, like, I think the only way teams can really stop him is if, like, you know, they have, like, a Steven Adams, like, kind of, like, big body guy that they can... Yeah, big body, tough guy. And, you know, like, he doesn't have, like, a lot of trusty shooters around him. Like, that's when he become, like, he can become turnover prone. And, you know, it depends on this. I think it also... His career is really going to be depending on how people play him. You know, do they view him as a guy who you want to put at the four? And then, like, mm-hmm. he plays on the wing on offense and plays down low on defense. Like, that's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, next month, you know, May, it's like May 12th, I think, is the draft lottery. We might have That's going to be big. We're going to live react to that. We're going to have to. No, we'll definitely have to. I'll be double school by head, so. Bro, because, like, it, if, the, if it holds right now with the Pistons getting the first pick, that would be so, so great. I mean, Dude. just for his development. I know two French legends, Killian Hayes and Victor Webb and Yama would light the league on fire. Um, actually, Killian Hayes was pretty good for my fantasy league this year. I won't lie. Shout out Killian Hayes. He's a bad rap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, really, I think there's not much else to say about Big Vic. Like we're we're real big fans of him here. And yeah, we're currently in the works of you know getting that draft guide going. So uh, probably. Maybe the end of next month, we'll send out like kind of a version 1.0 of what we got going. So, uh, looking at that, well, 
for some more detailed information. Number two, I mean, Scoot Henderson. I mean, you know, he's got shades of jaw, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, you know, a really stout physical presence, you know, um, very bouncy guard, you know, he's got, you know, the jump shot isn't quite there, which is why, you know, you see a Russell Westbrook or a Derrick Rose, you know, comparison, but I think he's got mm-hmm. he's good touch around the basket, explosive. Um, what else do you want to add to that? Yeah, I really, I really like Scoot, and there's been a lot of talk about having Brandon Miller as a second overall prospect, but for me, Scoot is still number two. Um, I think my concerns when watching him play like more in depth, like actually watching a game of him and not watching highlights, he has like the end of the shot clock tends to take a lot of like bad twos, uh, like long twos that aren't really the best. Um, and also again, like the three point shot isn't like it's not terrible like it's not Thompson twins level bad but it's also like not incredible like it's definitely something that needs to be worked on but it's not not by no means like something he can't fix um yeah. but I really I really really like him as a prospect I think um he'll be good I think it, it again if the if the standings hold and the lottery goes like if it went in how many losses teams had I think he'd be a really good fit on the Rockets. You know, Ime Udoka is the new head coach that just came down. I think he'd be a good fit there. So, yeah, we both, yeah, not much yeah. else to say about Scoot. We've already gone in depth on all these guys, so. Yeah, and then number three, Brandon Miller. I mean, he could have been number two, but that tur- tournament performance was horrendous. I think mm-hmm. it would. You mean, uh, from what I've been hearing a lot, it's like, the other day, you can't take too much stock into it. And I've also heard he was injured, like the groin yeah. injury that he had during that and was could have also played a part in that. And he's the primary scorer on that team, so they're always going to be locked in on him. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's going to have that a lot better with, you know, more talent around him. Not like there was a great talent on, you know, Alabama this season with potentially another first-round draft pick on that team in uh, Clowney. But, uh, no, I mean, he he's great you know three level score you know he's had some great games this season and um you know I think he's going to be great wherever he lands you know at the moment San Antonio I don't think San Antonio would be a great fit for him because they were do I then uh you know Brandingham they might want to work up Devin Vassell I think it would work better if he went down a spot there to Charlotte you know Mm -hmm. whereas they were but uh again any more quick thoughts you want to add yeah, I think, um, well, really just talking about his tournament performance more, like, just trying to think back, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but looking back at, like, top freshman prospects in the tournament, they never really are, like, that incredible, especially since Brandon I mean, Miller was dealing with that. really been incredible. Yeah, yeah, and he was by far and away the consensus number one in that draft, and Brandon's not, so I'm not going to take too much, like, stock into that. Um, again off the court issues kind of in uh something to keep an eye out there maybe not some of the best judgment um and yeah shoot it just his shot his three point shot percentage towards the end of the year again i don't know if that's injury wise or maybe something else but his percentages were kind of worse than they were early on in the season um so i think that's also something to monitor but overall again another prospect that i really really like yeah, I mean, to come out with the the mindset that was going on, everything going on in that South Carolina game, like, yeah. right after all, he's on him, he drops 41 points. Like, mm-hmm. that like, goes a lot about a player's psyche. And I think that, yeah, you know, he, he can overcome adversity, whether that adversity, depending on what that adversity is. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, 
regardless of how, ter- I mean, it was terrible what happened, you know. Yeah, of course. The story is not complete, but, you know. Yeah. It's something that at least, you know, nap on. But um, uh-huh. and imagine we're same at number four, uh, Amen Thompson, or are you, you different here? I'm di- okay. We're different. Okay. We're different. Uh, well, I'll, when we I, Before we start, when we did our deep dive of the Thompson twins uh, for that video, I think we were both like there was a lot of hype going into that. And then once we did the deep dive, I think they went down for me quite a bit. Um, okay. I just think the level of pl- – we'll get into it more where they are on my board. But the level of play and their three-point shot, their half-court offense – Big red flags for me. Um, so you can talk about why they're four on your board, but I've I've Anthony Black at four for me. Okay, I mean I've he's, he's up there as well for me. But mm-hmm. I mean I think it's just the physical tools are just too much. To, you know, you know the pass up on. I mean Anthony Black's a guy I'm really high on, but the reason why I have Men Thompson over him is because there's we haven't really seen an athlete like this at the point guard position in a long time. And he's you know he's a tall. Frame, you know, coming at six foot seven, two hundred pounds, you know, he's going to be a monster if he can get in the right situation. A transition nightmare, you know, whether he be, you know, going to the rim, you know, passing out. Uh, and defensively, he's got so much versatility. It's exactly what you want in the league nowadays. And mm-hmm. uh, the jump shot, I don't know if it'll really ever get get there. You know, if he's like a thirty two percent guy, like so be it. But as long as he's not being a liability for his team. I think if he's if he's a guy that you can't like not leave open, you know what I'm saying? Like you'll have to have like someone on him. I think it'll be like that'll be serviceable and enough, and he'll be like he'll be. That's when you know he'll be like good in the league. Yeah, like we can look back on this podcast and like it could be like wow, like I can't believe like he believed in the men Thompson and like look where he is now. Like like he's a you know like eighth man on a team, but like we could also look back and say like we didn't give this guy enough praise. Like mm-hmm. he could be like. You know, an all NBA first team, like all NBA, like third team kind of guy. I mean, all defensive first team, all uh, NBA third team kind of guy. Like, that's how good he could possibly be. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll touch on him now, I guess, because he's, uh, I'll, because you were talking about him a little bit. Actually, I won't reveal where he is on my board, but like, I did my board, you know, I did the top 10, but I also tiered it a little. So, Vic is one, like tier one. And then Scoot and Brandon are tier two. The next five players that I have are all tier three, and both of the Thompson twins are in that. So it's not like I don't think, like, I think he could definitely have immense success in the NBA and even be like, get to the level of superstardom or an all stardom. But like, just the flags that I've seen and the un, like, that just the unknown factor of OTE, um, like, I just don't know the level of competition there, right? Like, it could be. Yeah, like it's just like there's so many unknowns and just what I've seen from the the three-point shooting and the half-court offense has like given me some pause, but like all the all the reasons that you said for putting him at 4 I think are super valid. Uh, now, but I mean, yeah. About Anthony Black that he's a guy that I mean, I'll reveal, he's number 5 on my board, so he's right there. I mean, I Yeah. Ever since I've seen him, he's like he's like my guy in this draft, like how Scotty Barnes was a couple years ago to me. I'm mm-hmm. like I think uh, I'll probably have something to say. As well. Yeah, because uh, for a player cop that I had, I don't know what you have for him, but like I just saw a lot of Lonzo Ball, Josh, Josh Giddy type stuff where the three point shot is a little unorthodox. But like if he really gets that down, the mechanics down, he'll be like a OK. But like big guard, incredible passing, really good defensive instincts, like like he go up and block shots, like great athleticism. 
great passing. Like, I don't know, just like I love big guards and like the the framework that guys like Josh Gideon and Lonzo Ball have. Those are like my guys when it comes to the draft. Like, I think those sort of guys will translate into the NBA or regardless or not. Because I remember we did the the Josh Gideon draft and I think we were both, at least I was, I don't remember what your consensus was, but I was pretty high on that OKC draft pick just because of what I saw. And I'm seeing a lot of similar things with Anthony Black right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I thought the criticism was harsh. I mean, I wasn't too high on him because, you know, we didn't see like any great game-breaking athleticism from the garbage shot creation. But, I mean, he's proved everyone wrong. I think he's well on his way to an all-star appearance in maybe the next three years. Yeah. But, um, no, he's a guy that can average, you know, like 19, 8, and 8. Mm -hmm. And, you know... I love that ferocity he added him in the playoffs, especially against that Pelicans game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Anthony Black, we'll just move on. He's number five on my board. Uh, you know, I had shades of Josh Giddy, Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, you know, kind of like long, lengthy guards. You know, Halliburton had more of a polished three-point shot coming out of Iowa State, but his mm-hmm. form is unorthodox as well. You know, it's not like the most pretty-looking jumper. Uh, but, you know, I, I've watched a lot of Anthony Black tape. Like, I, I love watching his game. Um and, you know, he's just a prototypical guy you want to run the show for your team. You know, it's his basket. I think he's the best pure passer in this class, as far as I can see. And he's really active on the boards. You know, he's not afraid to get up there, and, which reminds me a lot of Josh Giddy. You know, he, like he'll go in mm-hmm. there and rebounds for you. Um, you know, like Josh Giddy, like led the Thunder in rebounding this year, which is crazy. Uh, and, you know, like his three-point shot, again, you know, it's not good, but I think, like, defenses are going to show respect to it because, like, if you give him space, he knocks it down. I mean, like, it's cliche, but, like, I've watched enough to see that. Uh, he's real crafty around the basket, but, he, like, he's, you know, he's also going to, you know, finish with power at times as well. Um, like I said, I see so much Josh Giddy in him. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he was a guy also that was, like, leading the league in steals at one point in his career. Like, he's like that as well. You know, very active uh, in the passing game. The the real knocks on him are, again, that jump shot and the turnover concerns. But he's a guy that's so versatile. Like, there's going to be so many ways you're going to want to get him on the court. And, you know, I think, you know, Washington could be a great fit. You know, if they you know mm-hmm. they feel more of an off-ball guy, uh, you know, his future in Washington is interesting. Or, you know, whether it be Johnny Davis, you know, who knows? He had a good end of the year. Uh, Utah, I think Utah would be fantastic to have him with Kessler, you know, um, Lori Markinen. Or if Brooklyn can pull something off, I think that'd be a great league. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things I thought. But I think he's got all rookie first team potential in his first year. So uh, he's my uh, he's my number five. Uh, who do you have? I have Jairus Walker as my number five. Uh, okay. uh, to me, he is the prototypical, like exactly the ideal modern nba four man uh he has uh the the potential to extend his range out to out three levels uh right now that three-point shot isn't consistent enough for me to be like oh he's a three-level scorer coming out but um he has great two-way potential an incredible defender uber athletic um reminds me a lot of julius randall coming out maybe not in terms of like he's handled now but uh back in the day when he's coming out um mm-hmm. but yeah i'm a real big fan of jairus walker uh it just seems like he seems like a winning player who got that dog in him, frankly. Um, uh, again, like, again, he's in that third tier for me, so would love him to go to the Pacers. I think that that's the ideal fit right now for him. Uh, oh, but, yeah. Great. As long as yeah. 
We're going to be a mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, he'd have to battle Jalen Smith for that spot, but, you know, who knows? I think you take it with these. Um, <laughs> so, what do you think? Uh, I'm a boy. We, we got through number five so far. I mean, you had Walker. I had uh, Anthony Black. Who do you have in mm-hmm. number six? I have Amen Thompson at number six. Uh, I think this is, yeah, this is the the floor for me. I think he if he falls back past six on your big board, like I don't know what you're, I think there'd be issues there. But yeah, I really, like for all the reasons you said and, and more, honestly, like he is a really, he has great potential, but I think we've gone over my concerns with him. That yeah, OTE level of play, three point shot, and uh, half court offense are all kind of concerns that I have. So that's why he's at number six for me. Who's your number six? Uh, Sarton. Okay. Uh, you know a little bit more of uh, a shooting upside to him. He's not as crazy of an athlete, but he also does have some more benefits defensively in terms of fundamentals wise. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be a guy that I think is necessarily a lead guard on a team while I think, you know, a men could be. But he's definitely, you know, he's, he's showed some flashes towards the end of the OTE season. Uh, but he's definitely a, a work in progress. I mean, like both of them are. I think a men might be able to start off a little bit quicker than him, you know, because he can, you know, play make at a higher level. Uh, mm-hmm. But the marks between these guys are huge. But I think that, you know, Asar can be a contributor, you know, whether that be, you know, at the shooting guard or small forward position. Um, and maybe it's a little bit of combo guard at times, but, uh, uh, you know, had a good stretch of shooting towards the end of the season. Uh, but again, I think maybe his ceiling is really like a 36% from three guy on like, you know, like three or four attempts a game. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine guys are shooting more than four attempts a game. That'd be kind of crazy to see that rise. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, that's why I got a Sar Thompson. And again, check our old video. We got our opinions there. Uh, so who do you have uh, now at number six? Uh, well, I had number seven now because I had a man. I have, I have a SAR at number seven. So I, not a, like, again, we kind of went into it. They're pretty similar players. Uh, a SAR, a little better three-point shooter, a little worse on defense. Um, I kind of agree with everything you just said. Go back and watch our Thompson Twins video. Um, but yeah, I really loved your OG and Anobi comparison at the top, like his top end potential. I think that's pretty like the, the OG, if he also hit his potential, that could be a SARS. Um, but like a really good three and D player, um, less three more D. Uh, but yeah, but I, I, I really like him, but again, I don't see that big of a gap between Amen and a SAR, uh, just from what I've seen. So that's why I have him at seven. Who do you have at seven? Oh, number seven, uh, that's Jarrett Walker. So at this point, okay. sevens are just top seven are just a little bit mixed around besides the top. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I watched him play Miami this season, of course. Uh, you know, I, I watched that whole game. Whatever my state of mind was during that game. I, I sure, sure. But, uh, you know, yeah. The only real, I mean, you did talk a lot about him already, but like the only knock I have is he can be kind of timid at times, like going at the rim. Like, you feel like he doesn't use his size to his full potential. Like, this is a guy that I feel like can, like, body people. Like, he, I think he needs to embrace that Jared Vanderbilt kind of persona, like, where, like, he'll just go up against anyone. You know, like, uh, that, you know, Jared Vanderbilt had multiple, like, big rebound games uh, for the Lakers this season. Especially remember that primetime game against the uh, Mavericks, uh, where he was great there. But, like you said, a variety of skills that can make him a problem to guard, you know has the ability to stretch out to be a consistent three-level score, 
You know, he's got a good handle for his size as well. So it's not a guy that like you're worried about, like, you know, being a passer or like even taking on his own in the post. Um, you know, defensively, he can be able to guard multiple positions, but you know, at his size, you know, 6'8, 235, I think he might be a little bit bigger than 235. You know, he might struggle if he gets, you know, despite his good defense, he might struggle if he switched on to quicker guards, but he does have the, you know, ability to go out and, you know, get that chase down block as well. But, uh, you know, like I said, you know, the guys I see a lot of him is like a Grant Williams, you know, it's a real impactful guy. Um, Julius Randle, kind of like the peak that he could be. Uh, and uh, Jared Vanderbilt, which I think is like, you know, if he's Jared Vanderbilt plus, I think that's a perfect like, yeah, player to get. So now I think, I think we might have a little bit of difference here uh, from, you know, eight to, eight to 10. I don't know where you're landing, but uh, what, what's your number eight? I have uh, Taylor Hendricks is number eight. Um, who do you have? I have Taylor Hendricks as well. Okay. He is my guy in this class, I think, kind of like Anthony Black is for you. I think Taylor Hendricks, he is the end of my third tier, and I think I'm higher than maybe the consensus on him is. Uh, but really, I see a lot of Jeremy Grant in him at his high end, like really good 3 and D potential, like 6'9" a lot of length. Like, I think he could be kind of going back to last year, a similar guy to like Jalen Williams uh, in the, in terms of like impact and people not expecting like him coming from not a power five school and making an impact early on. I could definitely see that, but another guy for Jalen Williams, but yeah. Oh, well also I could see that for Cam Whitmore as well. Well, Um, I was not, we won't, we're not talking, but okay. Uh, Prospects to go over. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, for his strengths for Taylor Hendricks shooting defensive versatility, definitely, definitely those, but for, uh, for some of his weaknesses, I'd say ball handling and also, uh, level of competition, maybe like UCF, not super late. Like they didn't play a ton of great teams. They played Houston and stuff like that, but like, uh, beyond that, nothing truly that stands out. Um, but I do have this stat here that I want to read. Uh, he was a 33%, uh, three-point shooter in high school and now he's a 38 percent three-point shooter in college so he's he's seen that leap um yeah, from high school to college and i don't see any reason for that not to continue to increase so sure. um yeah he's he's my he's definitely my guy in this class like underrated guy but yeah. i'm really high on and i think the great thing is to see a freshman being so efficient being the lead guy you know nine percent uh on 4.6 attempts per game was great to see from him again you know he's my number uh eight as well um you know the comparisons i had for him 76ers robert covington you know a guy that like a solid three-point shooter covington was also 39 percent uh you know in his best career season with the sixers and you know gets those blocks like people forget i think covington was like second or like top three for dpoy uh race uh one of those years in philadelphia um you know, in terms of the offensive player type, what I came up with was like he's got that soft touch mixed with like a bit of power, you know, around the basket as a score. You know, like he has no problem like being ferocious when he goes up for like a dunk, but he also is like very like nice touch, you know, like 12 feet and out, you know, uh, from mm-hmm. what I saw. And then, you know, he's a shot blocking multi positional defender. And in terms of, team fit i literally put any team like this yeah, guy this guy this guy's plug and play mm-hmm. he can play on any team 
I also had like Jaden McDaniels as another guy that I come from to as well, which I feel like fit nicely, you know, like a, you know, a tall, like not very like bulky wing that can, you know, do a lot out there. Uh, and then again, you know, the competition, he did play Miami once and Houston twice. So they're the two teams that like, were actually like, good this year that he faced. Uh, was not good against Miami uh, at a two-point loss. He had like less than 10 points. And he only had one good game against Houston, but like obviously didn't win either. The, that was the number one team in the country. But like his other game against Houston was horrendous as well. But um, Yeah, but, but again, like I think level of competition is definitely a concern. But also you said number one option as a freshman, like, and playing good teams like that, I wouldn't expect him to like super ball out, but you know, that is a concern. And in terms of the ball handling, like he just wasn't given a lot of opportunities to you know, yeah. run, you know, pick and rolls or stuff like that. Like I did see some flashes in like this film from his ability to pass, you know, not like he's going to be, you know, in Draymond at like a power forward position. Um, and I hope, I know he played a little bit of center at UCF. I hope that's not where teams try and throw him. You know, I think he could do that in like, certain lineups but like i really just want to see him like he can even play some three i think if he really wanted to mess with it like mm-hmm. be like you know like how orlando has so much length um you know i think he can go anywhere from you know i, I saw him mock at number four today i really go like as low as like 15 like i think there's like a lot of variety in his like where he could go but i think you know, he's a great guy nonetheless. Um so. I was I was considering putting him at like six on my board, but I trusted the Thompson twins a little more, so I put them but I moved him down a little bit, but like I could definitely see him getting picked high in this draft. Yeah, so who do you have at number nine? Uh number nine I have uh Carson Wallace from Kentucky. Cason Wallace, uh, but okay. Oh Cason Wallace? Sorry. I misspelled it. Uh, Kaysen Wallace. Uh, uh, for his uh, player comp, I have Drew, like low end Drew Holiday, um, more athletic current CP3 maybe. Like definitely not CP3 at his prime, but like what Chris Paul does now with a little more athleticism. Like uh, I like him. Uh, he's a three and D point guard basically. Uh, good feel for the game and a pretty solid spot up three point shooter. Um, his pluses for me, defense, athleticism, three point shot, but his off the dribble shooting is definitely a concern. Uh, shot 34% from three at Kentucky. Um, he's athletic, but he doesn't get around guys super quick. Like he's not quick. He's athletic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like him, but he's definitely the start of my tier four where we get to like role player. I don't see him ever getting beyond that. No, I mean, I, I, uh, so number nine, I got uh, what's his name, Cam Whitmore out of Nova. I okay, mean, interesting player nonetheless. I was really on him the first time I watched his tape, and then like my opinion changed a little afterwards because I know like he like had to be the main score for that team because Nova was not as good as they've been. You know, obviously the department of Jay Jay Wright, you know, the departure of Jay Wright, you know, mm-hmm. was a whole change to the culture there, but. Uh, I think he's got like real like could be an Aaron Gordon impact kind of guy on a team where, you know, he's this good, strong defender, but he also can like get his own on offense at times. Um, so like I got obviously Miles Bridges is, you know, like the main comp people are throwing at him, but like mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon as well. And the way he's like physical, not exactly the body type, but like Jimmy Butler in a way, I think is like an absolute ceiling for him. Like Jimmy Butler type player. Mm-hmm. Um, 
ever reached that level, but like lots of different frames and so on and so forth. And then he's shot creating slasher, uh, you know, active physical defender, uh, you know, a lottery guy. I would love to see like Portland go and get him, you know, especially if Jeremy Grant seems to not be the option, you know, to resign and if they're going in a younger direction. Uh, you know, especially since Shaden Sharp was fantastic in the year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he shouldn't be, you know, a primary, a secondary ball handler on a winning team, but he can definitely, like, you know, be a He could be, like, third and, like, bring the ball up the court and, like, pass that shit around. Yeah. Like, I would, you wouldn't want him, like, banging the rock or anything, but, yeah, for sure. I think he can be a solid three-point shooter, like 37%, you know, on, like, five attempts, something along the line of that. Uh, you know, he needs to learn, like I said, how to share the rock because, you know, Shout out Michael Porter Jr., but that dude does not show stuff. And that's, like, one of his big faults. Like, like Aussie plays with a great playmaker in Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, but, like, that dude will not pass the ball if his life depends on it. And Cam Whitmore, I watched plenty of times where he'd drive the basket, got a dude in the corner, and he goes up on three dudes when he can clearly just swing into the corner and, you know, get a much more uh, efficient look. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, in terms of ceiling, he's, like, a third option. You know, I think he could average you know, like 18 points per game on like a real good team. You know, he could probably get near like 22, like on a, you know, like how my team before, yeah. like, you know, everything happened, you know, <laughs> I'll be back. I got, you know, I got, yeah. Um, but you know, I think it really sucks because Whitmore committed to them before Jay Wright, you know, announced like his retirement from coaching so like he probably could have benefited a lot from that yeah it would have been interesting if he was on a jay wright villanova instead of what he was look at josh hart look at uh jalen brunson look at um Mikel bridges all guys that you know impactful players on winning teams i mean of course when bridges was on you know phoenix and you know mm-hmm. runs art together now are a great pair but uh I see people that are a lot higher than him, you know, the nine, but like, I, I can't really see right now. It might change too. I, I might even drop them lower depending on when I get a real look at some other guys, but you know, nine's where I have them right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, number 10 then. I, I have Cam Whitmore at 10. Like, I, I I did a similar kind of deep dive when, after I watched your deep deep dive video that we did on the channel, um, and I came to a lot of similar conclusions. Yeah. RTBMB definitely like a similar player, but also like maybe like I don't know at his floor like a more athletic like Jay Crowder maybe like something like that where like a super streaky three point shooter, um, but uh, a solid defender. Um, but yeah, I had him I had him for the similar reasons: negatives, tunnel vision, uh, streaky three point shot, stuff like that. Yeah, who do you have for ten? I got Case and Wallace, so I mm. mean. We okay, sent- so we had the same top ten, yeah. But um, I mean, some honorable mentions, some guys, um, Nick Smith. I mean, he, he's right outside that top half, uh, top ten for me. Um, Keontae George, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of areas of concern for him. People want to throw him like Jamal Murray level, which I, I don't personally see. Um, yeah, he's fallen a lot. It seems like uh, he started off a lot higher, like like five to eight range and now he's more late lottery yeah i mean is there any guys you want to shout out as well that like intrigue you nothing that i haven't done like a super deep dive uh the rupert on from new zealand or playing in new zealand and france i've liked him 
I liked uh, where is he? Flipowski from Duke. I really liked his ACC tournament. Um, I thought that was pretty solid. Um, he's but not cool. So he oh, he's go. going back. Okay, well then, never mind on him. But uh, also the other Duke guy, uh, Derek Lively. I liked him as well. Uh, how do you end of the year? Um, but nothing else. I haven't done like a super deep dive outside of the top ten slash lottery guys. So yeah, I need to do that still. But those are some of the guys. Some other guys, Maxwell Lewis was the guy I was alluding to earlier that could be kind of that, you know, um, Jalen Williams type dude. Um, yeah. Oh, from Pepperdine? Yeah. I like the composure I saw from Julian Strother from Gonzaga in the tournament. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Jordan Hawkins could be like an electric six man for that team, like a real good team. Uh, you know, the way, you know, like, he was streaky, but then, like, the tournament, like, he was the best shooter, you know, out there, efficiency wise, yeah. wise. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there, but uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, with this draft lottery, you know, when it comes up in March, I mean, May, uh, it, it could Yeah, lot- the draft lottery will honestly, like, change, the- it, it will determine everything for this class. Like, you could definitely see where these guys will slot in based on fit um, a lot, and especially who gets one, bro. If you get Wemby, you win, you know what I'm saying? So, it, the draft lottery will be huge. Uh, we'll live react to that, uh, but we'll we'll definitely pump out some content in between that and now. But no, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Dallas, best case scenario, they keep the pick. Taylor Hendricks is the guy they should do. That would be such such a good, yeah, that'd be real good. That'd be real good. And they get a body that can rebound in free agency, and I think mm-hmm. they could at least be back to be back in the playoffs. Like, that's not your floor with yeah uh, the ceiling with Luka Doncic, but yes. Um, I right, well, without further ado, this has been Coast Coast Podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening. As always, signing out. Peace.